Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and we're here to talk about running. And we're here to talk about faith. We're here to combine two of our favorite things. And once again, it's Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How are you? I'm great. I think it was last week at this same time that I saw you. Yeah. I don't think we saw each other all this week, really. I, I, I missed a track meet. I hate missing yeah. track meets. Yeah, that's the reason I didn't see you again, because usually I see you out on the track somewhere. Yeah. But, uh, welcome back. Yeah, well, I'm glad to be back. We've been we've been busy. We had our own track meet yeah. last week, and that went well. We'll talk a little bit about that. But, um, you know, <laughs> the weather has been crazy. All over ob- the board. Obviously. Yeah. So I saw this comedian the other day. It was hilarious. He said, uh, he said you know, I love spring. He said, it may be my favorite day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right around here. I mean, it's, gosh, I think this this week alone, it was down in the 30s the other yeah. morning. And yep. Today, it's supposed to be in the, or is it today or tomorrow, it's supposed to be in the 80s, in yeah. mid-high 80s. Just So it's like, but I, th- I think I think our cold weather is gone, maybe. We yeah. may have one more cold snap, but I don't think we'll get any more frost. Yeah. You know, this time of year in the south, it's everything blooms, and then you get a hard frost, and it kills everything, and yeah. then everything blooms, and it frosts and kills everything, so it's a vicious <laughs> cycle around here, but I love this time of year. Oh, I, I just love getting out in the yard and yeah, yeah. doing something. I just know the colder it gets, the, the what, when this, this diet that I've been on, this plant-based diet I've been on for now for, well, almost two years now. Mm-hmm. It's made me leaner, which is right. great. Sure. From a running standpoint, from a fitness standpoint, just from a general feeling standpoint, it's great. But the cold weather, I feel like it just goes right through my bones. Yeah. So grizzly. Now you know why grizzly bears don't live on that diet. That's that's exactly that, that makes sense. <laughs> they die during hibernation. It's all coming together. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, um, before we get get on with the podcast, let's talk about our sponsor this week. Again, if you want a business out there and you want to support Run for God and allow us to support your business, send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com and he'll get you all the information. Uh, but this one this week is from Jess Burgess Framing Company. I've known these guys for a long time uh, with the housing mar- market at a recent high right now. Having a reliable framing crew is essential. Someone who is honest, does what they say they will do, and someone who can get the job done with excellence. Jess Burgess Framing Company has all these qualities, so if you're a developer or contractor in the North Georgia area, give Jess Burgess a call for the best framing crew around. I literally see these guys every day, and they're they're just they're great guys. And um, so, yeah, if you got any needs for framing, um, give them a call. They're the dudes. They are, for yeah. sure. We had a Facebook post last week that I, it's a real short one, but it says a lot. And so Jessica Weaver Stoll says she is feeling lost. She says, while I know this is an unstructured two week break, has anyone else found this to be an extremely long week? I've thrown in a few walks, but dang, I'm ready to get to run again. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I mean, to, to her point, 
that's what we wanted people to feel. Yes. You know, you kind of get that because let's be honest, by the end of a 12 week training period, mentally, you're kind of just blah. Yeah. And what we want is we want that vigor, that excitement to come back. And so that's, you know, last year we did a, a one week break. Yeah. And we kind of made a calculated uh, decision this year to have a one off, which you need every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one unstructured to kind of do your own thing. And uh, so that's that's exactly where we wanted you to be, Jessica. So if you're listening, you're you're you were spot on when you wrote that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, hopefully she's back into the 10K now and and found that um, found that vigor again. Yeah. And we all need a little bit of time off. And you mentioned it's not just physical. No. It's also mental. It's, it's probably and, just as much mental. Yeah, I would say so. Uh you know, even me, of course, everybody knows I've run every day, mm-hmm. almost every day for the last 10 years. But my time off looks different sure. than, than most people's. You know, a lot of people's time off means I'm not going to run for a week. Yeah. Um, my time off means I'm just going to run really easy. I'm not going to worry about the number of miles I run. I'm just going to get in a few miles a day and just not worry about my pace or anything else mm-hmm. and just have fun with it. And that's like a week off to me. Because mentally, it's just it's refreshing to not worry about pace or anything like that. So, if, if you're out there and you're saying, "I don't, man, I just I don't want to take any time off," and I get it, I get it. And but you can take time off in a different way. Yeah, uh, yeah. And speaking of time off, Holly mentioned this last night that we needed to give everybody an update. She's actually listening to uh, Lane and Rebecca's podcast right now, and we need to give an update because yeah. I mean, you and Lane and Rebecca were talking about. Rebecca's foot and how you know it wasn't it's not broke you yeah. said it in the podcast we'll come to find out it's broke it's broke yeah so uh Rebecca has gotten a little worse at least she found out hers is broke Lane started running again yesterday yeah um, he was so excited to I get out and actually he did two miles did it go well it went well went Good. easy uh he's gonna do um you know he's been running some on the underwater treadmill yeah uh, at a friend of ours but uh he's had these shoes he bought this brand new pair of shoes literally the day or two before he stopped running so he's had to sit and look at that brand new pair of shoes for six weeks now oh, wow and it's killed him so wow he was excited to get but it went well felt good yeah so we're gonna we're gonna really take our time and ease back into it because there's nothing huge coming up so there's no need to rush anything so yeah um, so yeah just an update on on Rebecca, her foot is indeed broken. If you listen to that podcast, they were talking about how it wasn't broken. Yeah, yeah, because uh, we we honestly did, and you know we did the tests and things, and it, it showed that it wasn't broken. But then when we went and had the X ray just to just to make sure, we mm-hmm. didn't want to run it on something that was that was broken. And sure enough, right. And and not only is it broken, but I, I was talking with a trainer just yesterday, and she said it's broken. It's it was pretty good. Well, she told me last night she was trying to make the case to the trainer for her to be able to run conference because it couldn't hurt it that much more worse. And the trainer was like, yeah, it could. Yeah. 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 So, and I love, I love that spirit. She's a tough cookie. She, she is. Really is. And she loves to be a part of the team. You know, that's <clears throat> yeah. the thing about Rebecca is that from a, from a team standpoint, we've got a couple of girls who are always looking for a little bit extra. I don't remember what it was, but there was something going on the other day. I, we were, 
we were doing a community service event. Mm-hmm. We were we were packing some bags, and I was waiting. Things were getting just piled up in, in one one particular area, and most of the girls were just they weren't paying. They were just doing their part, and they were mm-hmm. they were piling stuff up. And I was wondering if anybody was going to notice. And it was Rebecca. Hmm. Rebecca was the one that noticed. Oh, somebody needs some help over here. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's great to see. Yeah. Somebody sure who cares about other people like that. Sure is. Well, we had a trivia question last week, and again, I think I mentioned last week that I, we may have had this one before, but this one's so good that I wanted to say it again. If you asked did. me last week if I knew this one, and I said no. But yeah. Now that I see it. You're like subconsciously yeah. I did. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> the question was, when was the first women's Olympic marathon and who won it? And the answer was it was held in 1984 at the uh the games in Los Angeles, and it was Joan Benoit Samuelson. And it obviously took long enough. You know, the men's marathon started in 1896. Yeah. Uh, it took a little while for the women to catch up. And not that the women were behind. The women were, were been clamoring for it for years. And it was thought that women couldn't run as far as men, which t- in today's world sounds ridiculous to yeah. say it. Because what we know today is actually women can run probably longer than mm-hmm. men can. And so uh, it, it's just an interesting thought and in how much we've evolved in the way that we think about things. But um, her time, Joan Benoit Samuelson's time in this race was 224.52. It's still the fourth fastest women's marathon ever. And this was way back in 1984. Um, she, she ran that three minutes faster than the time that won the last Olympics. And if you've ever been in L.A. in the summertime, which is where she ran this, you'll know it's hot in LA mm-hmm. in the summertime sure. it was hot at this this marathon <clears throat> so a lot of people look at that and they go well the weather probably was was favorable for her no no it was not favorable it was crazy crazy hot it, it just I don't think we had an appreciation for how good mm-hmm. she was at the time uh, she and she seemed to have this ability to run through that heat really well and I remember during the race I remember her using these sponges she'd tuck them into her shorts yeah. And then she'd pull them out and she'd squeeze them out over her head. And she just, she stayed, she's tried to work on staying cool that whole race. But there were some other good marathoners at that time. I remember Greta Weitz, Ingrid Christensen. Um, there was one more. I can't remember. But the, they were, there were some really good marathoners in that time. But Joni was just in a class by herself. She was so good. And it was, it, it was great. She was always shorter than everybody else. Joan's only about 5'2". Mm-hmm. So she's a little bitty thing. So <clears throat> if it was 1984 when women's marathon hit the Olympics, when did when did you start seeing women's marathon kind of on the world stage outside the Olympics? I assume it was just in the few years prior to that? or Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, there wasn't the first woman to, to uh, take part in the Boston Marathon wasn't until – Somewhere around 1970, I can't remember the exact year, but somewhere around 1970 is when women actually officially, you know, when Catherine were Switzer, allowed to, yeah, yeah. when Catherine, Catherine Switzer, is that who it was? Um, the famous picture. Yeah, the famous picture yeah. and, you know, uh, entering a race with just a, an initial instead of her yeah. whole name. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's been, uh, it, it's, it hadn't been too long yeah. at that point in time, which is, a, it, it's kind of a shame, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's fun to see the women 
the world record progression and stuff, you know, and, and watching, you know, the women's world record now is 214. Yeah. I mean, That's the, insane. the in the 1984 Olympics, the winning time was probably not five minutes faster than that. Yeah. So for the and men. Who, who holds the current women's world record? Bridget Koskai. Okay. She's a Kenyan. Okay. Um, but we're going to talk some more about some some Boston Marathon stuff here in a little bit. But uh, but anyway, Joni burst onto the marathon scene back in 1979 in the Boston Marathon when all of a sudden she just they didn't nobody know who she was and she cut eight minutes off the course record in one one race. She ran a 235 at Boston, um, which was unheard of. Uh, but in 1984, in this first women's Olympic marathon, she almost didn't run it. She had, she had arthroscopic surgery on her knee 17 days before the Olympic trials. Wow. <laughs> 17 days. And then she comes out and wins the Olympic trials and then wins the Olympics three months later. So, uh, yeah. That's but, pretty incredible. It really is. I mean, arthroscopy, it's not hugely invasive, but to an elite marathon runner, that's that's a pretty serious little procedure. Yeah. You know, yeah. two and well, a half weeks before well, the Olympics. What made her do it then? Why, why did she do that 17 days early? Do you know? Or? She got to feeling better than she thought she was. She, really? And, and she thought, I think I can, I think I can try it. And she, No, but why did she decide to have that? To have the surgery. I, I don't know. I don't know the story behind that. That's a hmm. good question. That's a really good question. Yeah. Uh, but she, apparently she felt like she needed to. And, and I'm sure it was a, a, a minor thing, but still. Yeah. Just digging into your knee there seems like it would be Yeah, I mean, anything uh, going in behind your kneecap <laughs> two and a half weeks before the Olympics, I would think, is kind of rises to the not minor stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, of course, I've told the story before about me running Boston one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in I th- want to say 2014, maybe it was, and I'm running. Bo- I'm running Boston. I'm running at about 6:30 pace ish. Uh, this is the lady. Yeah. Okay. I'm putting two and two together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm running about 6:30 pace, and and I, at four miles, I pull up, and there's a gray-haired lady ahead of me, and I'm thinking, <laughs> what in the world is this? She must she have started, started earlier. Too fast. <laughs> yeah. And I thought this girl, this lady's gonna die, and uh, but I ran up next to her and realized. Oh my goodness! This is Joni. This is and so she still she ran two fifty two that year. Yeah, how old? Uh, and she was she was like sixty one. So she holds the. Uh, no, I don't think she's quite that old yet. But she holds the the fifty to 50, 55 to fifty nine age group. She ran two fifty at the Boston Marathon, in the fifty five to fifty nine age group. So. She, I, it's nice to see her compet, being competitive at an older age. So many of the elite folks, when they get older, they stop competing and you don't see them anymore. And they're coaching or they're doing other stuff. They're usually involved in the sport, but they're they're not in they're not being competitive. So where does she live now? She does, still lives in Maine. Okay. She has always lived in Maine, New and New she Wonder. still mm-hmm. lives in Maine. Yep, she's still up there. That's so, pretty cool. Yep, it's pretty. It is pretty cool. So we've got this, uh, the 10K challenge portion of our couch to marathon journey has kicked off. Yeah. And the the uh, 10K portion is going. Uh, We're we're several weeks into that now. The 5K challenge uh, that started in early April is well underway now. Uh, We're about to start promoting the next 5K challenge uh, that's going to be coming up in a few months. So if you're out there, and I know you are out there, if you're out there and you've thought, 
I wonder what that would look like in my community. In case you didn't know, you know, where Run for God began was the 5K challenge. Instructors would would buy this instructor's kit and teach it all across the country. We've kind of changed in the way we do things nowadays, and you don't necessarily have to have an instructor's kit, but you can still lead the 5K challenge in your community, even if you're doing the marathon challenge. Even if you're walking the marathon, you can teach the 5K challenge uh, for runners in your community. And uh, so go to runforgod.com and check that out. Click on the 5K challenge and uh, see about teaching it in your area. It's uh, We say it all the time, Dean. Whether you're taking the class or teaching the class, it will change your life. And the cool thing is we've made it super easy for instructors nowadays. We, we've, we've done all the videos. We do everything where you can simply watch the videos and head out for a run. All you really need is a room and a TV and a room full of people. Yeah, and it will literally you'll make new friends. It'll change their lives. It'll change your life in the process. It'll give you a whole different outlook on this sport uh, because it does for everybody that teaches it. It did for me, and it did for you. Yeah, and it does for everybody that we know. So if you're out there listening and you've you know the Lord's laid it on your heart, maybe to do more with this sport because let's be honest, this can be a pretty selfish sport Mm -hmm. but it makes it way better when you turn around and you give back uh, to other people help them enter this sport help your community uh, by showing people how to run and the 5k challenge is exactly how you can do that and we can all do it together in this next 5k challenge coming up in i want to say it's june i'll have to check that and get back with everybody on this next podcast or you can go to the the website and check that out um, but go to uh, runforgod.com and find out more about it. Yeah, I've had a couple of conversations recently uh, for folks that have contacted me and say, okay, tell me how I get this thing started. Right. So if you've got some questions, you can always email us and, and ask some questions. But here's the beauty of the 5K Challenge. We give you all the pieces. If you're a Run Club member, you have everything that you need just yeah. as a Run Club member. And we want you to mold it to the community that you have. Sure. So it, your community may look completely different than the community that I have in Cahuta. Yeah. And there may be, so there may be a whole different angle that you have on the way that you organize your class and, and carry it out. I mean, a good so example, be, Dean, and by the way, it is June. I just looked, uh, is the, the start of the next kind of nationwide 5K challenge that, that we would love for you to join. But a good example is, you know, I always did this. Uh, whenever I teach the class, I teach it in my church in a room with a tv and we we have but we have people who teach it at community centers Mm -hmm. we have some people that teach it at schools your location can change the size of your classes you know i've i've had classes as small as 20 people and i've had classes as big as 200 people that's completely up to you maybe you're not comfortable with the idea of having 200 people and you being in front of them well limit the class say okay we're gonna we're gonna have 20 registrations yeah. and, and that's all that can come it's really we give you the curriculum and the content to be able to teach but we want you to do it in a way that you're comfortable with and fits with your community maybe maybe you can't maybe your room your church doesn't have a room on a wednesday night that you can use you know maybe you go to the community center or to a local school or even a local park if you've got a a laptop computer that you can open up and everybody can see and hear. Um, there's really the sky's the limit on how you do it. Yeah. But the point is, we've given you everything to do it. Yeah. You know, the way that I did my my favorite class that I ever taught 
was the one where I, I walked through my neighborhood. I made up some flyers <laughs> yeah. and I went door to door in my neighborhood and I knocked on doors and I said, I want to invite you. And so it was pretty cool because I got a chance to meet my neighbors as well. Sure. You know, Which, some of the, I mean, that's a dying art. Yeah. People really, knowing their neighbors. It really is. So I got to meet my neighbors. Several of them came out and took place in the, in the class. I also I recruited some teachers from the elementary school that's right down the block from my my church and uh, so there's lots of different ways to go about this thing and it's fun yeah and it's it's simple to get started you can make up some flyers like you did you can do some posters we have we actually have all this stuff on the downloads mm-hmm. on the instructor downloads but basically your your new participants they sign up to be a member of run club mm-hmm. and then they have access to everything you're not having to email stuff out long uh Gone are the days of having to email out flyers and, you know, make copies, make and copies and all that. Everything is on Run Club. So, you know, for every family that joins, they will need to join Run Club and then they have access to everything. So if they miss a night, then you're not trying to get them all the information. They simply log on and watch it for themselves. And all the while you're doing that, your life is being changed by teaching it. Your students' lives are being changed by getting healthy. You're supporting a ministry that wakes up literally every single day trying to figure out how to share the gospel with a lost and dying world through the sport of running. And that's that's where the important part is that we don't talk about a whole lot. But the things that we're doing while everybody is doing their classes, we're, we're trying to find ways to penetrate this sport with the gospel and mm-hmm. and thank god we've been successful at that through the years and we want to continue to be successful at doing that but we can't do it without the support yes we take donations but our our largest support by far is run club yeah it's what powers this ministry now and and i thank god that we made this shift uh, a few years back and uh, COVID kind of helped us make that shift. And um, so if there's any good thing that come out of COVID, it is Run Club. Yeah. Bottom line. So, um, so yeah, think about it. Pray about it. Talk to your family about it. But join us this June for the 5K Challenge. What could be better than sharing more Jesus and, and helping to create a more fit world? Yeah, absolutely. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new JRadio app in your app store. All right, we're back. Thursday nights. Thursday nights are fun, aren't they? They are. We have, yeah. Uh, it, it was fun watching you and Angie the other night, and she, she had a little bit of technical difficulties and she couldn't hear you but we could all hear her yeah we could all did. hear her and patrick saying what's wrong we can't get the yeah but uh fortunately they didn't do or say anything that uh <laughs> as they wouldn't no of course they would but uh but yeah it was it was kind of funny i mean you just gotta love technology who yeah. knows why that happened i mean it just out of the blue and what what was funny is i got on the phone with angie or patrick and evidently patrick had his phone on speakerphone and i could hear myself yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> so I mean, good. if you're listening to this, we are not. We don't have a. We don't have a team of engineers behind the scenes. So what you see is what you're really getting yeah. uh, on those Thursday nights, as well as right here. Yeah. People probably assume that we have some engineers and people off camera right here. Nope, we nope. have a bookshelf right there. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, if you were here for the weekend, there was actually some people here, and I think they were really surprised. Yeah. They thought this was something bigger than what it really is, and, and that's flattering in, in one sense, but it's – it's the reality is it's we've just figured out we were talking about the videos just before yeah. the shoot here and how it seems like they've gotten better and we've just kind of tweaked things through the years we've we've figured it out we've uh, as they say here in the south we've kind of redneck engineered things <laughs> and um i'm proud of that uh, I, I i like that we've kind of done it ourselves, and we've had some great help along the way we have you know we some people who have really jared up at uh, J103, he's he's really given us some good pointers through the years. So we consult people that know what they're talking about right. you know, regularly. Absolutely. But we don't have a team of people here in the studio with us, like yeah, some you, other podcasts. Yeah, you bring up Jared. You know, Jared told us what we needed to do. From a sound standpoint, he told us what we needed to do really early. Yeah. And then it took us another six months to, to get, figure out what he said. To get around. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So sometimes we uh, we hear it. And we internalize it, and then we ignore it. But then later on, we go, "Oh, there was that thing." We think oh, we can probably do that better, you know. <laughs> never mind what the sound engineer actually said about sound. We think, "Oh, let's try this." So you know, we, uh, we're, we're that kid that we eventually get it. It just takes a few hard knocks. <laughs> so, uh, so thanks for listening, by the way. Well, let me say this: we're about to share somebody's story, and we are starting to get thin on stories. So. I, we need some of you guys out there. I know there's a bunch of you out because I mm-hmm. talked with a bunch of you during the 5K weekend who have great stories, who haven't shared them, haven't written them down. You're like, I'm not sure how to write them down. Just write it down. Just mm-hmm. write it down like you'd say it. Sure. Um, but but we, we need some more stories. So uh, so share, share your story with us. So, you know, a lot of people ask, you were about to get to this 10K portion of our training. A lot of people ask, why, why, why do these workouts that we have in here? Why do anything other than, than easy runs? So what do we accomplish with doing things other than easy runs? Mm. Right. So there's a bunch of things that we, that, that happen in there. One, not the least of which is variety is the spice of life right sure doing something different makes it a little bit more exciting to me mm-hmm. now it does make it hurt a little bit more too uh, but that's another benefit because yeah. getting outside of our comfort zone we know that the more often we do that the easier it becomes to do it and that bleeds over into everything else that we do sure and so there's there and then you've got the idea that just fat burning the faster running burns fat faster if you're out there and you want to lose weight then there's a good reason for those hard workouts right there it's burning some more fat and then just being more fit in general you'll be more fit when you do this and so tons and tons of reasons to do some of these workouts so i want to encourage you if you're worried about that give it a try and and do these workouts and i think you'll enjoy it i really do well i like this week's story this week's story it's more of a helpful guide than a typical story so that's kind of why i like this one because it's different so we ask you out there when you share your story be creative well sherry evans 
is creative in the mm-hmm. way that she shared hers. And so this is what she's, this is the name of her story is five spiritual lessons, marathon training from December, 2021 Last weekend, I reached, uh, excuse me, from December 2021, this was an entry she had. Last weekend, I reached a milestone, my longest run to date. Although it took six hours and countless encouraging words from my husband, I did it. I ran 20 miles. God has taught me so much over the past year while training for the run, and I wanted to share with you the top five spiritual lessons I've learned along the way. Number five, rest is important. I have learned that giving my body time to rest has been as important as getting my training runs done. Taking time to rest my body helped to prevent injury and burnout. Like our physical bodies, our spirits need periods of rest as well. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Number four, it's not just about crossing the finish line, but what you did to get there. I will be so proud when I cross the finish line on January 9th, but... I am most proud of the miles and miles that my husband and I have run in the darkness that no one else sees. All who put their faith in Christ are in a race with eternity as the, as the finish line. What we do as we prepare that no one else sees is what truly matters. Uh, so Philippians uh, thirteen fourteen, excuse me, 3, 13, 14. Brethren, I do not count myself... Uh, to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Number three, you have to fuel your body frequently during long distances. If you want to go the distance, you have to properly hydrate and fuel your body. I quickly learned that just eating before a run was not enough. I had to eat throughout the run to have the energy to keep going. The same is true in our spiritual walk. Just eating God's word on Sunday morning is not enough to make it through the week. You have to fuel your spirit every day. Matthew 4, 4 says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Number two, it is so much easier when you're not doing it alone. Having my husband training right alongside me has been the greatest gift. There were many mornings when I would have just stayed in bed, but having him there motivated me to get up and head out. He keeps pace with me on every run, even though he can run much faster than I can. He is a patient and encouraging man. He believes in me even when I don't believe in myself. In our walk with the Lord, we weren't meant to do it alone. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. 
Number one, we are able to do so much more than we can imagine. The number one thing that I have learned through this journey is that I am capable of so much more than I ever imagined. And so are you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. We serve a God who is able to do immeasurably more in and through us. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. In 2022, I pray that you step out in faith and do something you never imagined possible. That is where you will meet the God who is immeasurably more. Update. I did it. Disney's Dopey, 48.6 miles, four races, four days. Dean, you know, we spent 12 years paralleling faith and endurance in all different ways. We've said it a hundred different ways, thousands of times, but she summed it up right here. I mean, we've been doing this for 12 years and I couldn't have said it any better myself. How she just... And it's it's because it was so fresh on her mind. Yeah. I mean, she had just been through fifty two weeks of marathon training. Obviously, she did much more than marathon training if she did the dopey. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that's just a five points to hammer home why why this ministry works, yeah. why why this comparison works, and why it it's so much more than running. I mean, yes, she she finished the Dopey Challenge. That's just a small part of what happened to Sherry through this process. And that's that's what's so encouraging yeah. to be able to sit here and for you and I to kind of have a front row seat to some of these stories. It's just uh, it gives me cold chills when I when I read them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a special thing. And the cool thing about doing what sherry did here and what so many others did in the the whole training for the marathon for the year is you prove to yourself that number one god is sufficient that that he's there and and he's there when we need him and he's there to strengthen us when we need it but that he he can help us get through things that we don't think we can and it bleeds over into every part of our life it's this we're talking about running Mm -hmm. as it relates to running Obviously, it works, but it also works in your job. Sure. And it works in raising your kids mm-hmm. um, it, it, everywhere. It, it, it works. You know, um, I, I was just thinking about this and it just hit me that my son mm-hmm. this week has adopted a child, a seven year old girl. Um, the seven year old girl has been in 10 different homes in her life. She's seven years old, 10 mm-hmm. different homes. She's finally got a permanent home. Hmm. They're going to need lots of strength. Sure. Because a lot of the reason why she was in 10 different homes is because she's difficult. Right. And there are some challenges to raising her. But they feel the need to do that mainly because she's been in their, their home long enough that they realize that they can do more than they think they can. Sure. And Well, I mean, take their situation. And, and take all five of these points. Yeah. It lines right up with their situation. That's right. It lines up with pretty much every situation you can find yourself in. That's right. Uh, where you need where you need faith to get through it. Gosh, I mean, we you could take and, and make this into a small book and hand it out and yeah. not even call it Run for God, and it applies. Yeah. 
That's the cool thing. That's the cool thing about this sport is the principles we learn here just bleed over to everything. Yeah, I mean, it do. really is. Uh, again, Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. In this passage, Paul is telling the Ephesians that he's praying for them, and he wants them to feel the spiritual power that he feels through Christ. And he, it's basically, it's kind of... I, I, I don't know that you could call it a prayer, but it's kind of the end of a prayer. It's kind of Paul's wishes for the Ephesians at this point in time. And, and he's talking about God, the one now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. That's God. Um, and, and he really can do it. Again, we talked about it from a running standpoint, but it, it's so much more than that. Um, and we've seen God work in ways that we can't explain. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about, we just had Todd here. And we talked about right. Todd's story. God can do so much more than we limit him, right? Yeah, and and it's funny because I was about to say something, and you brought up Todd, and it kind of it, it just hammers home the point that I was about to make. But how many times, you know, we say that God is there. We say that Jesus can work wonders in our life, and and that is true. But what is Many times, what is the number one reason that we that we never get to experience that? It's us. Yeah, we get in our own way sometimes. We yeah. we you know we try to do things in our own power. We were just kind of joking about the sound engineering here, and you know we have somebody of authority telling us how to do it, and we try to do it our own way. How many times do we do that exact <laughs> oh same thing God. with God? And yeah. so many times, God lets us get to the end of our rope. You know, Todd, Todd's story, he talks about why did it, you know, so many people have asked him, why do you think God waited so long to heal yeah. you? And he said, because if it would have happened any sooner, the doctors would have took credit for it. Yeah. And, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, in the context of eternity, they're not necessarily bad. Yeah. A bad day, a bad diagnosis. I mean, the worst thing that we can think about in the context of a current of eternity is not bad. Yeah. Sometimes God needs to get us there so that he can start to work. Yeah. Get us out of the way because we are we are always not sometimes we are always the problem. Yeah. The thing about Todd's story that that strikes me, I mean, obviously, the moment that he was healed and all of that stuff is absolutely incredible. One of the parts about his story that he kind of glosses over to some degree that is so impressive to me is that Todd bought a pair of new running shoes every year Mm -hmm. while he couldn't run. (laughs) And, you know, we look at that and you would think, okay, the first year he bought those shoes and then he didn't use them. Mm -hmm. God didn't answer his prayer. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what we think. That's the way we look at it. When, when we feel led to do something that God has us do something, we think, well, God didn't show up. And the truth is, is that God's there. God never left. No, God never left. But he was faithful to continue to buy that new pair of shoes every year. And eventually he got to use those shoes. Yeah. And God just wanted to see his faithfulness. Yeah. And and he proved to God how faithful he was. And boy, I'll tell you what, it's, and, just, it's like Job to me, his, his whole story. And we're talking about Todd's story. And some people may be on here saying, who's Todd? Well, we understand some of you may not know who Todd is. And in the coming weeks... 
we're going to be sharing Todd's story on here, but it's a, it's an incredible story. If you're listening to this right now and you don't know who he is, stay tuned. Uh, we'll be sharing a little bit more of his story coming up. We have shared it in the past, yeah. uh, some of his story, but we'll be focusing on it some here in the next few weeks. Well, and if you're inclined, you can go find Dead Man Running Movie. Dead Man Running Movie dot com. com. Yeah. Another scripture passage from Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, Dean, this is one of my favorite verses. This is, you know, I talked really all the last year about peace, word yeah. peace, and and trying to get to the place where, because we have, there is not much peace in this world today. Let's be let's be upfront about that. There's just everything's an emergency. Everything's a crisis. When you turn on any news channel, it's a alert, alert, alert. It's always, it's always the opposite of peace. Yeah. And you know, I've talked many times about we've got to find time to do nothing. And this is this is the verse that goes along with that. Yeah. You know, we're. God knows we're weary. God knows we're burdened. God knows we're worn out many times. And he's always there waiting. He's He's not going to force us to do anything. That's right. But this is so comforting to know that at any time we can go to him and find that he, he is the prince of peace. God yeah. is love. God is peace. But so many times we, we allow our attention to be captured by the flashes, the distractions, the alerts, the, you know, how many alerts do we have on our phone nowadays? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Everything is fighting for our attention, but scripture's clear in Matthew. I, I'm the opposite of that. He's the yeah. opposite of that. He's the opposite. He's counterculture everything right now. Yeah. Um, and that's comforting. That's a good way to put it. You know, one of the things that struck me about this particular verse this time, you know how these things yeah, do us. We've yeah. talked about this one several times. And and for that reason, it really has become one of my favorite verses as well. Um, but it struck me that when we get in that yoke, you know, you're talking about plowing a field, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And that's the illustration that he's sure. using here from that day. We're plowing a field. Well, the, the, the thing is, is, He's already in the yoke. We have to get in the yoke with him. He doesn't come to get in our yoke. Mm-hmm. We go to get in his. And so we can be out there. What we often do is we're out there plowing our own field mm-hmm. all the time going, Jesus, why aren't you in the other side of this yoke? And the truth is, is he's in the yoke. We're just on the wrong field. Right. And, yeah, that's a good way to put it. And we need to be in the other field with him plowing the field he has for us because that's going to be the field that's going to yield the biggest like harvest. David Hendricks always said, I want to find out where God's working. Yep. I want to find out where he's plowing. Yeah. I want to go there. That's it. That's it. Uh, Philippians three thirteen and 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Mm. Man. You know, it strikes me that if there were one person on the face of the earth who could say at the end of their life, man... I'm awesome. You know, it would have been Paul. Right. And yet in it, it, he's toward the end of his life here and he's saying, I'm not there yet. 
I still got a long way to go. He called him the he called himself the chief of all sinners. Yeah. Well, I mean, he wrote half the New Testament, and he is calling him the himself the chief of all sinners. There's some lessons to be there. Lessons in humbleness because we do it. It's we get to the point sometimes where we think, "Oh, I'm I'm really going to help God out with this." I mean, just <laughs> think about how silly and arrogant that sounds. But we do it. Oh yeah. I mean we we do it whether whether we know we're doing it or not. <laughs> we have we have we have nothing. Yeah. And God is everything yeah and the the quicker that we can understand that the better off we're going to be um but so many times we think we have the answers we, we know how to run this sound better than the sound engineer and that it's so frustrating to think about it because every day in some way i make that statement about god yeah that's being completely transparent yeah and It's it's arrogance. It really yeah. is. It's arrogance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a good way to put it. Um, you know, he, he in this verse he's talking about moving toward that goal consistently. We talk about that all the time about being consistent and how important that is. And it's important to both our running, our spiritual lives. We've talked on here before. I've shared my struggles with my temper and anger in the past and how much better I am at that. That didn't happen overnight. That was, that's been a slow, gradual thing that's gotten better and better over time. Um, and that's kind of what he's talking about here. And if you want to be a better runner, what do you have to do? Well, you got to run every day. Well, or, or something like that. You got to right? stick to the plan. You got to stick to the plan and you got to keep doing that. And it, it applies to our spiritual lives as well. You have got to keep doing all the little, we talk about all the little things, doing the things, right? Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing for our spiritual lives. But you got to be honest with yourself. You know, I just, it's funny you mentioned the, the workouts with, I was talking to a, an athlete uh, just yesterday and uh, there was a workout on the schedule and uh the athlete said the day before you know i'm, I'm kind of feeling tired you know i don't know if i you know need to do that workout the next morning i said okay you know whatever that's fine well then yesterday afternoon i'm talking to that same athlete and i said you know i was and i, I just kind of said it in passing i said uh well you skipped uh the workout that was prescribed for this morning and the athlete was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't skip it. I said, yeah, you did. No, I didn't skip it. We we decided that I wasn't going to do it. I said, but you skipped it. Yeah, yeah. Whether you decide the day before or not, you skipped it. And, you know, there was a list of reasons why that athlete didn't do it. It may or may not have been the best thing. All of which could have been avoided you know, you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but this guy didn't like that I used the term skipping the workout. And how many times do we do that? Oh, all the time. I mean, with with God's word. You yeah. know, uh, I didn't, I didn't get my reason reading in this morning because, and we rationalizing it out. But God's looking down and saying, "I missed you this morning. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. Where yeah. were you? 
Wow. And you've yeah. got we've got to be we got to be honest with ourselves because I I do that same thing too. I mean I'm I'm sitting here talking about this athlete, but I do the exact same thing with my quiet time. You yeah. know, you've heard me talk about I read in the morning, and then as a family we read the same thing at night. And every once in a while I have to say to my family at night, I didn't read this morning because blah 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 blah. But the truth is, I skipped it. Yeah. And we don't like to hear that blunt, harsh, you know, my kids will tell you, I they, <laughs> I'm tend to be blunt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll say, you know, I'll tell an athlete you skip, but that's, that's the starting point for a great relationship with Christ is mm-hmm. being honest with ourselves When, when we mess up, say you messed up. Yeah. Own it's, it. It's the same way. Go to God. It's, it's like a marriage, right? It's right. like a marriage. How, what what are the most successful marriages? Well, ones that where you talk, right? And when you know when I say something or I do something that, you know, that I shouldn't have with my wife, well, then I need to go to her and say, "I'm sorry, yeah. I, I messed up." I mean, how would it's, it go with your wife if you said, "Honey, I forgot your birthday yesterday." But I was just busy, and uh, you know, yeah. you started rationalizing it. Yeah. That's going to go nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You need to just go to her and say, "Honey, I forgot. I'm sorry." Yep. You know, but yeah, I don't know how we got off on this. And subject, of course, my but, wife would be like, "Oh, yeah, I get it. I know that you're Dean. No, don't worry." Because yeah. <laughs> she knows. But you know, the the thing about it is, is that the reason why she would do that is because she knows me because we have communicated sure. over the years, and I've shared with her my vulnerability of. I have a hard time remembering stuff yeah. and she knows that. And so she's sympathetic to it rather than, <laughs> rather than chastising me for it, which I deserve sometimes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think about from a athlete perspective too, which athletes are the most successful ones? Well, they're the ones that, that want to do all of those little things that get them to that, that, that goal. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that don't have the excuse that don't skip the workout. And the reason they don't skip the workout is because they, they do all of those things to prepare every week. And they're always ready for that workout. The best athletes are the ones that are always preparing for the next workout. That's right. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's right. Question. What has been one thing that has most surprised you in your running journey? <laughs> that I like to walk. Yeah, that that's pretty. <laughs> I mean, that has been something that I never until last year. I would have said no. That's that's not true. And and so, you know, I don't know if everybody on here listening knows, but you know, I kind of ran the five k challenge, and now I'm walking again. I'm going to kind of bounce back and forth through this year. Um, that's the thing that's most surprised me really in a long time through this sport is. That I like the walking side of it. Yeah, I still remember our first conversation of where that realization hit you, and you I were, struggled with it. Yeah, I but, really struggled with but it. But then at one point, it was like it, it just hit you that I'm I'm really enjoying this, and it's okay. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah it was that was that was a cool revelation, wasn't yeah, it? it? Was yeah, yeah. I guess for me, you know, just the whole run for God thing and being a part of it and knowing that um, this ministry was started. Uh, in an area that I moved to, well, before the ministry started, but that I happened, I just happened. There's no reason why Dean Thompson is the person who needs to be a part of this ministry that you started, mm-hmm. other than the fact that God put all that together. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
And so for me, from a running standpoint, that's been my, if you would have told me, and I've said this before, if you'd have told me, you know, 20 years ago, you know, when you're 56 years old, you're going to be part of a ministry uh, about running. I would have been like, wait, you crazy? <laughs> yeah. You know, but look what God did. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool and then of course from a from a, another thing that's really surprised me is this whole diet thing mm-hmm. you know if, if you don't know I, I changed to a plant-based diet a couple of years ago basically because we had somebody on our podcast who shared the how you go about a plant-based diet and i thought well i'm going to try it for 30 days well mm-hmm. that 30 days has become nearly two years now and and but I your so only weakness is when i fire up the smoker i am yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I'm not as strict when I, the first time I tried it, you're not an absolute, you're not a purist. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not. I know that there's a benefit to it, but you know, it's a lot like so many people think, well, if I miss, if I don't do this little thing or if I don't do that little thing, it's, it's the end of the world. And that's where for me, it's not the end of the world. If, you're not legalistic. In no. I mean, you, you stick to it. I can vouch for that. You, you, yeah. you are, I would call you a vegan yeah except for special when I, occasions when I put barbecue in front of you yeah <laughs> yeah and when i'm traveling with the team yeah yeah when i'm traveling with the team and they want to stop at chick-fil-a right um it's, it's god's chicken got, got a, yeah <laughs> you gotta have some have chicken to, have to have some of that it's just the way it goes um it all it all it surprises me how much um thinking about this whole concept how much people hold themselves back yeah and we had a great example this past weekend. There's a girl that runs with us. We got to get Catherine on the podcast at some point in time. Um, Catherine, she's now a uh, two-time All-American. And she has run, She's. I've always said she could probably run two, a 215, 800 meters. But the fastest she had ever run is 222. Now that sounds like it's close, mm-hmm. but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not even in the ballpark. And... I've been telling her that it's there. Well, this past week she was in a race and there was a girl in there who ran, who had run 215 before. And she just got it in her mind that I don't care because we've talked about this over and over again. I don't care if you're just crawling across the finish line because you died. I want to see you go out really hard. Well, she did. And she hung right with that girl. And then with 300 meters to go, she pulled away from her and just blew her away. Beat her by two seconds. And, which is, a, is blowing them away mm-hmm. in the 800 meters. And um, she ran 217. Wow. And just from, um, that's a big five seconds uh, for somebody who's been running for a long, long time. But all it took was her mind getting wrapped around the idea. We so limit ourselves mm-hmm. all the time in the things that we do. And uh, you're probably, if you're out there listening, you're probably limiting yourself in yeah. some way uh, by... Well, it kind of goes leading. into it. Kind of goes into question number two here. What's it, your biggest obstacle? <laughs> and it's me. Yeah, it, yeah. it always is us. Mm-hmm. We're we're our biggest obstacle many times. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just goes back to the mental side of, and it, and it's funny how you know I I guess nowadays more people are talking mental, but you you hear it in other, um, and, and I can't even I'm trying to bring up an example right now. Uh, but you're you you're hearing more and more about the mental side of business. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever it is, you're starting to used to this was a this always has been a big topic in endurance sports because 
it's just kind of obvious that it is, but you're starting to hear this same conversation in all other areas. And it's, it's really cool to, to hear because it is so true. Yeah. We're often our biggest obstacle. We are. You know, for me, my biggest obstacle, uh, aging, you know, has been a, it's a big deal. And I know yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, but you get those new age groups every five that's years. That's true. Every five years, I get a so new that's, age group. That's so. an obstacle knockdown. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, it just hurts more and more yeah. as time goes. I was trying to do a track workout yesterday, doing some short, fast stuff, just a little bit of it. And, oh, it's, I remember those times when that, it felt good to run fast, you know, yeah. that you felt like everything was oiled up and everything was like a machine and you felt good. And now it's just, you, oh. <laughs> you feel like you need to go get your endorphin pump reprimed or something. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The endorphins just aren't there anymore. Yeah. 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 But on the other side of that is, is it an obstacle? Yeah, it's an obstacle, but God gives us obstacles for a reason mm-hmm. and i think it's great to overcome those obstacles sure. and so um yeah I, i've shared before uh, obstacles aren't a big thing for me just because my mother told me when i was young i could do anything and i believed her mm-hmm. and, and i really uh, we need more of that i try to pass that along to folks as much as i can because um we we've got to get past this point of limiting ourselves and think bigger about things. And I see so many people who, who don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just breaks my heart to see yeah. it. And uh, it's just the way things are. Um, I remember an obstacle of one of the local guys here. You know who I'm talking about. I worked for years to beat that one guy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was. Is he still running, by the way? As far as I don't know. Hmm. I, I have no idea. I haven't seen him on the race course in a long time. Um, but I finished second in so many races behind that guy. Oh my gosh! I remember. I remember the day you beat him. Oh, it felt so good. <laughs> that was so satisfying. <laughs> I I still I remember it too because I remember that it was a five k and I remember there's a big long straightaway in that five k that's like a half mile long to finish that race. And I remember going on that straightaway, and I remember hurting so bad and just being so determined that I'm not slowing down. I'm going to keep pressing harder. And I probably hurt about as bad in that last half mile as I've hurt in any race I've ever run. And uh, I remember finishing and turning around and looking behind me, and I'd done it. Um, but, you know, I also remember a time before that where I had an opportunity in a longer race, in a 10K race, where we got halfway through the race, and I realized he's not that far ahead of me. And so for that fifth mile, I really, really hammered it and closed that gap down to like three seconds. And then I failed. I didn't beat him. Hmm. But you know, it was a big deal. It was a big confidence booster anyway. And I was so glad that I tried to do it anyway, even though it didn't work out. And you got to leave yourself open to opportunities when they present themselves. Yeah, you know, we we were talking about landing last before the podcast yeah you know it's um landon's my my younger son and he's he's really got into to track but he's he's never had that mm, that super competitive bone but we saw it come out uh not before last he's yeah. he's been wanting to break five in the mile and uh he's been so close and i i could see it the past few track meets that he ran 502 504 505 and i could see I could see it welling up inside of him. He really wanted it. Well, he went out and um, one of the fastest guys, you know, in this region 
was uh, he was lining up with him for the mile. And Landon went to pass him with like 300 to go. And Landon did pass him. Passed him pretty commandingly. The guy ultimately beat him, come back and beat him right at the finish line. Um, but Landon finally broke five. And yeah. that was that – was, this is exactly what you're thinking. I think for Landon, and he doesn't like for me to say this, but his biggest limiter up until two days ago was himself. Yeah. yeah. He, whether he didn't think he could do it or – I don't know what it is, but Landon decided two days ago – this is going to happen today yeah. and it did yeah and uh yeah that's always fun to see that light bulb in people yeah, it is. um whether it's landing doing that or somebody completing their first 5k yeah i mean to see when they come across the finish line you can you can see that light bulb just blinking like crazy that okay i've i've got this figured out now and, and yeah. you see you see all those dots connect and that's that's satisfying to see that to yeah. watch that yeah yeah and just in case lane is listening to this what was Lane's mile time when he was a sophomore in high school? Mm. I wonder. Do you remember? Well, he broke five in the eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He was. He was. Yeah. But he probably was still in the four forties. He wasn't. In, Pro- in the fifth grade. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I can pull it yeah. up. Landon's not far off of him. Yeah. And we got a big. They got a championship meet next week. I, Landon's gonna. He's gonna get down close to four fifty yeah. next week. I'm yeah, sure I of think it. So. Yep. And last question: What is your immeasurably more? I read this question. I thought about our church. Mm. You know, our church. Uh, I've mentioned on here before. It's growing so fast right now. We struggled for years, and we've talked about over and over and over about kids mm. that we need kids in our in our building that our church is going to die because we have no kids in our building and we tried one thing after another to try to get kids into the building and we just never could get over that hump well now we literally have more kids at our church on wednesdays than we have adults um it just it's like god just said okay it's time to me, that was immeasurably more because we had worked on it very purposefully for years. And you may look at that 20 years worth of work of trying to figure out how to make it happen. And you may think you failed during that 20 years and that, well, you finally succeeded. But I think all of that work over those 20 years was God's way of saying, when it happens, it's going to be glorious. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and so I, I feel like I feel like that was immeasurably more just mm-hmm. watching it just explode the way that it has. Yeah, I think for me in this ministry, it's it's the people who have come to know the Lord, not through anything you or I doing. And that's yeah. uh, that's the humbling part is, you know, when people ask what we do, we say we we work for run for God and. And we're here on the day to day, and we're, you know, it's it's real tempting to say that we're doing things, and we are doing things. I mean, we're facilitating getting all this together, but the real work, the life changing work, we're not doing that. Yeah, and that's my immeasurably more is when I see things like, you know, a few weeks ago when we had the Run for God weekend, that that was very humbling mm-hmm. uh, to see all those different people from all walks of life, from all locations and backgrounds and ages coming together and and yeah i mean we put a schedule together but 
God made that happen. There yeah. is there is absolutely no credit that we can take no. for these um, eternal changes in pe- pe- people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're coach. We sit in here and talk about running. We give people pointers on how to become a better runner. But the real change that takes place and run for God is not running. It's yeah. not walking. It's it's the it's when people start to connect those dots between the things we're teaching and running, and the things God has taught, Jesus taught in His earthly ministry about our walk with Him, and we we basically just make that introduction, and and God takes it from there, and that's immeasurably more. Amen. That is true. Uh, and you know the whole immeasurably more thing. I can't help but think about heaven. Oh yeah, and how you know. I mean, the Bible, the Bible basically says we can't imagine how great heaven is and how wonderful it's going to be to be there. And I can't wait for that time when uh, you know I, I got a pretty good imagination. I can imagine pretty fantastic. It's but fun it's, to imagine that. Yeah, but it's going to be even better than that. Yeah, whatever we think, it's going to be, it's going to be way better. At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help to build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that is put together by our Run Club members just like you in the Run For God station on J Radio. All right, we're back, and you know what? It is championship time on the track. We've talked about that, how they've got the region championships for the high school coming up. Our college conference championships are coming up. And uh, you know what's cool about that is you got all these athletes who have worked for all of this time, and this is the time that they get the payoff Mm -hmm. for all of that hard work. And it's so much fun to see them do that. Of course, we talked about Becca and how she's – she can't finish up this year i had another girl who during a long run she uh she stepped off off of a sidewalk and twisted her she's got a sprained foot mm. she may not be it's her senior year it's the last meet who is that alex okay yeah and uh it's breaking my heart for her but i'm hoping that she's able to uh to go anyway so i don't know we will see uh maybe she can I know that they're working really, really hard to keep her, to get her well. Yeah. But, and then I have another, another, we got another one that's got, she's got like a bruised heel and she's a steeplechaser. Who is that? Uh, uh, Haley. Okay. She's got, a, so she's got this bruised heel and she's like, I'm running, I'm going to run, I'm going to run. So that the doctors have asked her to be in a boot when she's not running, but then she runs. So she runs and then puts the boot back on. Because that makes sense. Because, yeah, <laughs> these doctors, I just don't know. <laughs> All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. So how about a challenge this week? I know you like challenges. I love them. Yeah, yeah. And so this one is for everybody out there who wants to eat healthier. It's called a two-week challenge. When I was young, I was terrified of needles. I would do all I could to avoid a shot in the arm, the hip, or anywhere else on my body. 
My anxiety over injections was so bad that I once passed out after taking a shot of penicillin. To me, there wasn't enough of a payoff to make it worth it. The idea of getting better was completely crowded out by the anxiety of the shot. So, to relieve myself of the angst, I began giving blood every time the blood mobile uh, appeared at work. I thought that someone may need blood and it would be worth it if it saved someone's life. It worked. Shots no longer bother me because I understand that the little pinprick is not bad compared to what may happen without the shot. That brings me to my point on a completely different topic. I don't think a lot of people realize how bad their diet makes them feel. I was listening to a friend recently who said that he had been eating very clean for a couple of weeks and then he ate some greasy food one day. The food made him feel really bad for a day and a half. But here's the thing. That greasy food always made him feel bad. He just didn't know it because he always felt bad. He had never tried to eat cleanly in the past because the hassle of changing his diet crowded out the idea that maybe it would make him feel better. And that brings me to my challenge to you. Set two weeks aside. It would be best if it was 30 days, but two weeks is enough to feel a difference. Eat only whole foods that are good for you. Eat on a regular schedule and eat an appropriate amount amount at each meal. Don't cheat. Eat as cleanly as you can for those two weeks. Give your body a chance to get rid of the toxins caused by the bad diet. At the end of that two weeks, eat a few slices of pizza and see how you feel. My bet is that you will not feel very well. If you want to eat better, you need to be able to connect the good feeling, <clears throat> connect the good feeling that comes from eating well with the difficulty of changing to a diet that is not as convenient as your current habits. The problem is that eating one good meal doesn't usually result in a large contrast in how you feel. But one bad meal after a steady diet of good meals will almost certainly be felt. Try it. Two weeks of nothing but healthy good meals in proper proportions. It could change the way you look at food. In the same way, it is important to look back at our lives and circumstances so that we can see how God has orchestrated all of it. When we go through tough times, it's much easier to bear when we know that God is right there with us. The way we know that the way we know is that we can see how he worked things out in the past and we can lean on the fact that God has a plan for each of us. Once again, it is all about connecting the bad circumstances with the positive experiences that we have had in the past when things didn't look so good. When I go to the doctors these days, I like to ask the doctor for a shot because I know that I will get well faster. It's a far cry from the way I thought about things when I was young, but I have an understanding that the temporary pain is worth it. I also know that eating well makes everything I do better. I've proven it over time. It makes eating clean much easier now. If you haven't already done it, you should try it sometime. And never forget that God works all things for good for those who love him. Connect all of those feelings with the positive outcomes you're bound to have. And everything could just come together for you. It's a great story, Dean. You know, it reminds me of, we've talked about this on here before, that it's kind of the same principle when you, when you, when you make an effort and you, you, you kind of set aside time every day. For me, it's in the mornings to, to get in God's Word, spend your quiet time. And you do that for a period of weeks, and then you miss one, 
Yeah. It's the same thing. You feel it. Yeah. You know it. And that's very comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's a great, that's a great story. You, you've kind of convicted me to eat, eat really good. Of course, I don't eat bad, no. but I have my indulgences. Yeah. We, everybody on this podcast knows that Reese's are my weakness, my indulgence. It's the food I keep hidden from my kids. Um, <laughs> I think everybody out there has something that they've keeping hidden from their kids. Mine's Reese's yeah. cups because they'll steal them. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, good. they are. Yeah. But you're you're right. It's it's so many times we don't we don't know the contrast because we've never made a contrast. That's right. And uh, it's a good point. And creating that contrast will let us. It, it's more motivating. It's just like you said when you've done that Bible study consistently over time, and then you don't do it, and you feel the consequences of it. It makes you the next day. You're like, I got to get back to it. You yeah. know, um, it's the same thing with running. It's the same thing with everything that we do. Well, I was just sitting here thinking about running. Running is almost the opposite, though. Running, you know, you, you take several days off, and you don't really feel a difference. But when you go to do that next run after having some time off, then you're like, oh, yeah, I might have took too much time off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it kind of works in the opposite, but it's the same principle. Yeah. It's the contrast. Yeah. Yeah, my first experience with this eating thing, though, actually happened several years ago because Debbie and I did this. It was called Body for Life. I don't know. A lot of people have heard about it. It was really, really popular at one time. It was a 12-week program, and the idea was you eat really, really clean. You eat six meals a day, and they're all really clean meals, and then you do pretty intense exercise, and um, it the way the diet was laid out was you got one cheat day. Mm-hmm. And so that it was designed that way. Mm-hmm. Six days of being as close to perfect with your diet as you can be. And then one day of eat whatever that, I mean, just whatever the heck you want to, just mm-hmm. anything. And um, we did that. Oh my gosh, we would feel so bad on that cheat day. <laughs> we would just feel awful. Felt bad and good at the same time. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, we really did get to the point then that we were like, the pizza tasted not worth so it. good, felt so bad. Yes, yeah. it was not worth it, and so uh, that was my first time at that. But then, you know, we slowly got back into eating poorly again. But when I when I took some real time to to work on this plant based diet, and then connected the results of that diet with uh, with you know how I felt, how I was running, everything felt better. Mm-hmm. My energy level was better. I just had my my daughter in law actually. They they've decided they're going to eat a plant based diet. So they've been doing it for about a week, and she's already talking about how much better she feels. Hmm. Um, and she, they don't eat well, mm-hmm. and so it's been a big contrast for them. So try it out. Um, it, it it's worth it. It's worth it. And and if you're listening to this. In in the famous words of Mitchell Hollis, I would say, I dare, I dare you, because <laughs> uh, it'll make a difference. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. 
Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, so we had the Boston Marathon this weekend. We did, and uh, it was awesome. Did you Did you see any of it? I, no, you know me. Dude. I know. I don't, I don't I know. watch running. I'll, I was I'll hopeful. Catch the highlights. And, I was hopeful that you'd seen it. Yeah, yeah. I it did. was it was spectacular. Two two when completely was that? different Monday races. Or it two? was Monday. Monday. Yeah. Monday. Yeah. That's right. Is uh, that Patriots Day? Is that Patriots what they call it? Day. Yeah. yeah. In 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 Massachusetts. Yeah. And the the two races couldn't have been more different. Uh, the men had 15 guys all in the lead at like 21, 22 miles. Just a really? big, huge pack. Yes. This was the best field that they had ever assembled for the Boston Marathon. It was a crazy qual- good quality field. And then Evans Chibet just completely destroyed that pack at 22 miles. He threw in a 426 mile. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. Yes. He ran the 5K between 35K and 40K. He ran in 1355 wow. and just destroyed everybody and basically ran away with it. And uh, it, it was unbelievable to watch. I mean, it looked like he was sprinting. It was crazy. He was. He was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I noticed, too, that there was uh, this, the guy who, who led the whole thing last year. Uh, for more than half over past 20 miles last year he was in that lead pack mm. during most of that time and when it broke up he he fell back behind but there was another american scott fobble who uh came up and ran through the pack he, i don't know where he was for most of the race he fell off early he wasn't part of that big pack but he wound up finishing seventh overall mm. and running a pr at boston which is not a pr course and uh it was pretty cool he had a change of coaches last year so apparently it's agreeing with him the women's race was one of the best Boston Marathon races of all time. It reminded me of the year Des Linden finished second, where it was her and uh, I can't remember who it was with a girl from Kenya, and they just ran shoulder to shoulder the whole way, and Des wound up losing by two seconds on a kick. Well, that this race, they actually ran the, the 11 miles between – they ran the 11 miles between mile 5 and 16 in 56 minutes. Um, just crazy, crazy fast and just broke the, the field apart. There were four of them that did that and they stayed together for a while. And then it, it, it kind of got down to two over the last few miles. And I don't know what was going on, but they kept talking with each other. I don't know if one of them was mad or, but uh, uh, Perez Jepchirchir, who's the Olympic marathon winner, she won the uh, New York marathon as well last fall. Um, she she kept saying something, and then she would get behind uh, this other lady named uh, Ababel Yeshene, um, an Ethiopian. So it was an Ethiopian and a Kenyan battling with each other. They stayed in each other's pockets all the way to the finish line. At 25 miles, it looked like it was over. Perez Jepchirchir just put on a surge that was incredible mm. and just opened up a 20-meter lead, but then... Ababel just kind of closed it back up and then she passed her and then they they went I think there were seven lead changes in the last mile 
and they came down and bottom line was they got 100 100 200 meters from the finish line and jip cheer cheer just kind of had one more gear and kind of pulled away from her a little bit and won by like two seconds wow uh it was just fantastic race to watch so was this may be a dumb question was sarah hall in that race did she race i don't i think she was supposed to run it but, but i don't know what happened okay. she was never in the i was mix. thinking i saw some of the buildup that she she was supposed to run it but i didn't know if she actually made it because i haven't seen anything in several weeks well they they broke the field apart so early by yeah. doing that early surge that mm. it it made uh it made the again they were so different from the men's race uh, because no Americans were in that top group because they went so fast so early. Yeah, they were like they were that eleven miles was run at two fourteen pace. Wow, so hmm. crazy fast. And then Edna Kiplagat, she's she's a kid, she's a Kenyan lady. She's just just she's won a lot of marathons over the years. She's forty two years old. She finished fourth overall. <laughs> now, how old is Sarah? Sarah's Sarah's thirty eight. Oh, I thought she was forty or forty one. I think she was 37 during okay. the Olympics. So, yeah. So, anyway. Jeff Chirchir has won her last five marathons. So, it's it's interesting. She's still three minutes slower than Bridget Koska, who's the uh, uh, the world record holder. It'd be interesting to see those two run together. And then I don't know how many people, you know, the the – the faithful run for God folks might remember uh, us. We had Ryan Shrum on a Thursday night one mm-hmm. time. We interviewed him. Ryan Shrum ran that race, and he ran a 250. Wow. Yeah. Ryan is 50, wow. 53, 54 years old yeah. and ran and ran a 250. Wow. It was a really good race for him. So he was top 30, I think, in his age group, which is great at Boston. So Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Boston Marathon. It was fantastic. It's probably worth going back and, and watching. We have a trivia question for this week, and I did not know this one, and it was very, very interesting. This one is worth researching, I'm telling you. If you're not answering these questions, you need to go look this one up because it is very interesting. What is the world's longest certified foot race? I have no clue. No, you don't, and you've never heard of it. You've you've never heard of this race, I guarantee you, and it's a crazy race. Hmm. And uh, we'll talk about it next week when we give the answer. But if you know the answer, and if you have to look it up, that's fine. But if you find the answer, send it to dean at runforgod.com, and you will win a run club mug. Yeah. So those are a hot commodity. Yes. yes. All right. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go over this one more time, real quick. June. June is the next uh, kind of nationwide worldwide virtual 5k challenge pray about it talk about it with your family think about it um if you're feeling the urge to do it but you have doubts do it anyway um this is this is gonna be fun this is this is kind of our new mo for for this year and years going forward is we're gonna do these pretty often where we can all do it together like i said one just started back in april um it's going great uh for all the people that joined in for that one welcome uh this is probably your uh your your fourth or fifth podcast maybe listening to um but it's awesome. It's going to be great. So uh, go check it out. Go to runforgod.com. Click on upcoming challenges. By the time this podcast airs, it will be updated for the June class. So go check that out. Think about it, pray about it, and do it. Yes. Every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. This is this week's reason. 
it is easy to get out of your comfort zone. You know, a lot of people have to look for things to get out of their comfort zone. If you're a runner, you're doing it regularly. Yeah. And it's awesome because it helps us. We've talked about it in this podcast. That helps us get out of our comfort zone for everything else in life because we're used to getting out of our comfort zone. So uh, we're getting out of our comfort zone. Awesome. And then our motivational thought of the week is this. Run often, run long, but never outrun your joy of running. Hmm. That comes from Julie Ipserding. She was a very popular runner back in the 80s. And uh, very well said. I love that. Run often, run long, but never outrun your joy of running. You know, Ron Hall had a book called The Joy of Running. That's right. And, uh, yeah. Yep. There's We can find joy in running, and there's so many people. And I get it. I get people who aren't runners. You know, there are people who are like, that's not what they enjoy doing. They We've like got people on here that or, like walking. Yeah, is, that's right. Find the find the joy in whatever you do. That's the most important thing. But so find something physical to do. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. We all need that. We all need something. So, yep. All right. It's been a good week, and the next week's going to be even better because yep. God is still on the throne. That's right. Yep. So, until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.